0: I should listen to more Taylor Swift, apparently. I might have to fully digest this article I was just reading from a psychiatrist in private practice, op-ed in the New York Times, about how Taylor Swift has rocked her psychiatry practice. Yeah,
1: I'd read it. It's really interesting.
0: And how many women lean on Taylor Swift to try to help them through, you know, the bumps and bruises of, of adolescence and everything like that.
1: And adulthood, for that matter.
0: As the... Taylor Swift tour was coming closer to the town the psychiatrist resides in. The Taylor-based therapy issues were reaching a boiling point, with more clients saying things like, how am I going to stay calm before she goes on stage? I need to do remote work today because I can't get COVID before the concert. How am I going to go back to regular life once it's all over? They were all saying they needed to calm down, and to help them do that, we dug through the bag of tricks, behavioral, cognitive, existential, and explored these patients' relationships to anticipation, to enjoyment, to self-regulation, to suffering, all around the Taylor Swift concert come to town.:
1: Yeah, yeah. And then the second part of it is that Taylor Swift, in her lyrics, is so like confessional and open about dealing with the challenges of womanhood that they have a, uh, a, a, a very unique bond with her that I, th- I thought was interesting, just as a consumer of, uh, of music. Taylor Swift
0: doesn't force you to choose between these two things because you can be be the lucky one she is, beautiful, gorgeous, everybody wants her, and every bit the anti-hero you are inside, suffering with all the am I good enough, do people like me stuff of being a girl. That's interesting. I've listened to a fair amount of Taylor Swift music because my kids kind of dug the catchier stuff when they were younger. Now, of course, they've reached the age where, as boys, they have to really, really hate Taylor Swift. But, um... I didn't yeah I didn't I would have never guessed that it was a a phenomenon like well like what's being described by the psychiatrist there. It just sounded like typical of that genre pop music, but there must be something unique about it.
1: Yeah, well I I think it's what I was talking about. I mean, it, it's so accurately, like in a fairly down to earth way, describing the ups and downs and, and glories and heartbreaks and that sort of thing, that people see her as some sort of friend from afar, like a
0: really good friend. And you think that is a good thing or a bad thing or a n- neither?
1: It's interesting. Um, I, I mean, you know, I'd go to see a band I liked and really admired them and stuff and even thought their lyrics were fantastic. But it's not like I wondered how I could go back to real life afterward. Yeah, I think
0: having to see a psychiatrist because your favorite
1: tired with a concert T-shirt is how I went back to real life.
0: Having to see a psychiatrist because your favorite music act is coming to town doesn't seem like a good place to be on the whole resilience scale. Yes. And so I was looking at the um, charts the other day that came out. David French was writing about it in the New York Times. Kids' attitudes about themselves—you uh, know, I'll never be happy—and all these different, just horrifying trends, along with suicide rates, particularly among teenage girls. I mean, it's—I mean, the the, the the when you see it on a chart and the curve, it's it's just it's it's crazy that this isn't a bigger topic, but.
1: Yeah, if it was a physical disease, the CDC would be putting out news releases every single day about
0: it. Oh, we'd have closed the schools and altered our lives in all kinds of tragic ways. Oh, yeah. But, man, so, huh. What is going on with teenage girls that they're killing themselves, need medication, and can't handle Taylor Swift coming to town? That's not good.